Hi, I'm Jillian. I'm Olivia. I'm Holly, and you're listening to the Be Well Cartel podcast. Your go-to weekly podcast for women who want real, practical advice on food, fitness, and everything in between. And a healthy dose of dad jokes. So as we get to the end of the year, the end of, I don't know when you're listening to this, you could be listening to this in like 2047 because podcasts are eternal and evergreen, but we are recording this towards the end of 2021. And we're just going to jump right into the podcast for today because we are going to do some Be Well Cartel end of year reflections. And basically the way this podcast is going to work is we have three questions and we are going to ask each other these questions and answer these questions. And what would be absolutely incredible is if after listening to this episode, you get out a pen and a piece of paper, a journal, a Google doc, whatever the hell you want, and you answer these questions as well. And if you answer these questions and you want to share your responses with us, we would love to share that on our Instagram page. We could even share that in an upcoming episode. It would be so, 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 so cool to hear what has gone on for you this year and what's on, on the docket for next year. Um, so with that- On the docket. I like on it. the docket. <laughs> I'm so professional, darling. Um, <laughs> I need to start doing some more of my weird voices on the podcast. I'm just, I, also I, I just, just I know, I know yeah. your dad is British, but even so, like you have the best British accent of all the Americans I know. And I'm sure I know other Americans who have British parents. So, so but you also have a really American accent. Very like, American. When I listen to you, I'm just like, Jillian is so American. America. Like, <laughs> America. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will. Okay. I'm going to tell you guys this story because it's really funny. So when I was little, I used to be so embarrassed of my American accent that every time I went to, to England, I would fake a British accent and I would just like speak in a fake British oh, accent. That's so good. Because you <laughs> no, were very it motivated. It wasn't that good. It wasn't oh. that good when I was little. Um, and, and a one time I was in a museum or something and I heard someone, I don't have any idea if they were actually talking about me. Like I have no evidence, but I heard someone talking about someone doing a fake British accent. And I thought they were talking about me and I never, ever did my fake British accent in public ever again. Oh, that's funny. Well, I'm glad Perfect. you got her back out for the Be Well Cartel. Yes, darling. Yeah. I will, if you'd like, I will ask the first question in an English accent. How about that? Yes. Who would like to go first? I'll, I'll go. All right. <laughs> oh, I'm loving colleague. British Julian. I can't resist her. <laughs> Holly, darling, what is your best achievement of the year? Oh, I love it. And by the way, for everyone who's listening, we didn't, we didn't prep our answers to this at all. We just <laughs> thought we're just going to record and dive in and see what happens. So this is me attempting to stall whilst I think of my best achievement of the year. And I think that my best achievement of the year, it's, this is interesting because I was going to say starting my master's because it was like a big thing for me to mentally commit to. But I think a way cooler answer is starting skateboarding because that is something that I have wanted to do since I was like 14 years old. And I was so set, like I had that social anxiety, like pretty bad social anxiety um, at that age. And so like didn't learn because you have to fall off a skateboard and that's obviously very embarrassing. People look at you. And then finally this year, I was like, 
was like, oh, I really want to learn. I was like, oh, I'm too old. Oh, like I can't do it anymore. And I was like, no, I can do it. And so I started and you know what? It's really hard. (laughs) I'm not that good at it, but it's really fun. And it's like, it's been very um, helpful for me to get over some of that residual fear that you still have of like embarrassing yourself in public, especially when you're like the oldest person in a skate park and all the kids around you are like really good. So yeah, you know what? That's going to be my achievement of the year is just starting skateboarding lessons. That's so badass. Holly, remember that I am like, I think five years older than you maybe, and my skateboarding. So you're not the oldest person who skate skateboards, just to remind no, you no, of that. Just, just in the skate park. If we go together, <laughs> it'll be fine. I will be on the sidelines, just like crossing my fingers that none of you break your heads open. Um, I took Kevin, <laughs> I took Kevin to two lessons whilst he was here and he like joined the lessons. Um, Which is very, very good of him to do that. Edward has yeah, taken he hurt his ankle away pretty bad He's like, on the, you're pregnant now, you can't do that. Like, <laughs> Kevin hurt his ankle pretty bad on the second, um, on the second class, but it was great anyway. So yes. And I will ask the same question. Who will accept my popcorn? I'm going to popcorn it to Olivia. Um, I think that that's an awesome achievement though. Just like such a cool thing to pursue. Um, I think that um, my best achievement this year, honestly, was probably getting my period back in January. Um, And that was, yeah, that was just years of um, work, you know, physical work, mental work. Um, And then from that, uh, being able to create a baby on my own when I have been told, over and over and over again that I would never be able to do that. So I think that my best achievement is probably my body just doing really amazing things, like miraculous things that I never thought that it actually could. Yay. That and we're so happy that we were amazing. there for this journey. It was just like so we got it to was see so it nice. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. It's yeah. And I think that, you know, also the carry-on from that is like how that has helped me um even more um you know achieve other things like in my business and in my personal life the way that I show up and stuff like that so anyway that'll be our next question that we talk about (laughs) (laughs) well I guess it's I guess it's my turn then so I would say probably my best achievement this year is actually practicing work-life balance Mm -hmm. um because that for me was a really really big struggle because when I started my business, I mean, I started taking on nutrition clients over five years ago, but it was so haphazard when I started doing it. And it was sort of in between other things that it, it, this was kind of the first year that I really sat down. And while I have been nutrition coaching full-time now for two and a half years, something like that. Um, when I say full-time as my like primary business, um, this was the first year where I actually created a structure and created boundaries around my time and communicated those boundaries with my clients and upheld those boundaries with myself to the point where I can take days off now, like on a regular basis. And that to me last year would have felt absolutely insane. And so pretty much, I would say since January, I have been taking weekends fully off unless I have something very important I have to do and I know about it ahead of time. And I've actually been taking days off during the week sometimes. Um, I took Monday off this week. It was a holiday here in Spain. Um, and I didn't 
feel guilty or stressed out because I had done the legwork ahead of time in my business and organized my time and my calls and my clients so that I actually could take that day off and I wasn't letting anyone down. And that feels really, really good. That is so awesome, Jillian. And for those of you listening who don't own your own business, um, but some of you do own your own business who will be listening, um, it can be really, really challenging to get this work-life balance. And especially when you're a client-facing um, business as well, you know, when it's a service um, business. So, um, and I think that all of us have probably struggled with that quite a lot. So yeah. I, I think that that's just epic, Jillian. And when you're talking about that, there's so much of me that's like, oh, that's just so awesome. Huge yeah. And yeah. Holly was a big help there. So Holly and I, had some meetings where she helped me with some structure and, and gave me. So basically if the, if no one has realized this, Holly in my brain is like, Holly is like the structure side of my brain. And I'm like the creative, like hippie side of, of the brain. And then together we make like a brain. <laughs> and then uh, the other day, Jillian posted a story on her Instagram with her calendar. Her calendar was just in the background it was all color coordinated and blocked and beautiful. And I was like, oh, my heart is so happy to see Jillian's yeah. beautiful that color coordination. That's, that's HP. That's our, our buddy Priestland <laughs> over there. Um, all right. Who wants to ask the next question to who? Okay. Okay. So, I'm going to ask it. I'm going to ask it. Uh, but I asked, I asked Olivia last time, but I want to shoot it straight back to Jillian. I'm going to do mm. it anyway. I'm shooting it back to Jillian. All Jillian, right. how have you developed or grown as a person? as a result of your achievements, as a result of your organization of work-life balance? Well, thank you. This is, so this is actually really, really cool. And I think is really applicable to probably everyone listening is that I had for the longest time, I had this identity as I'm unorganized. My brain is organized chaos. I, you know, I, I can't plan things ahead of time. And, and that belief about myself was really, really, really held me back. And it held me back because I would, you know, when quote unquote creativity struck, I would spend like four hours writing Instagram posts that were in no way organized in any way. It was just like things that I thought were relevant. And then later I was like, what do I do with all this stuff? And so I, it actually taught me this whole process taught me of like, look, if, if the end goal of what I want my life to look like is to be able to have work-life balance, what legwork needs to go in ahead of time for me to be able to do that. And so I still struggle with thinking ahead and I still struggle with that creative part of my brain taking over too much, but this, I, I have grown as a person because I've, I've actually been able to one be, be really clear about what it is that I would like to achieve, which has always been a bit of a struggle for me. I, I felt in the past, like if I was very clear about what I wanted to achieve, then that meant that I couldn't achieve other things as well, which is not true. And, and so, yeah, it's been, it, it's just been a really cool process of understanding how I want my life to look and then developing it from that end vision rather than sort of like trying to pick up the pieces as I go along. Yeah, and it, was, it was so interesting for me, Jillian, like, to, like when we had our talks as you went <clears throat> through it and we're developing some more structure for yourself of, of hearing you talk about how quote unquote like disorganized you were and realizing that actually like you, you were really organized. It was just that you weren't organized in the way that you saw other people being organized yeah. and therefore you thought that you were disorganized because you'd see other people doing like a monthly plan or like a weekly plan or whatever and you're like oh for some reason it doesn't work for me so I'm disorganized and then we basically worked out that there was like a 
an in-between where you functioned like actually really really well and then you actually were organized you just have to find like the way that fit for your brain yeah and I think that's that applies to to us anytime that we have that should come up in our heads Mm. whether it's like fitness, nutrition, mindset, habits, whatever the hell it is, is like, you might have this should in your head because you, you have a structure of what you, what you believe is the ideal, but the ideal in your head is only ideal if it actually works for you. And so, yeah, that was part of the growth of the year. So Mm -hmm. thanks for being a part of that, both of you. I would just say that you guys talking about the, um, cause I did see that on your stories as well, your planner, um, and you guys talking about the color coordination and like your planner online. Um, this conversation makes me feel like that. I'm like, Oh, I should be doing it. Like <laughs> that comes up for me. And I'm there. You like paper, right? So many, huh? You're, you're more of a paper. Yeah. Like I've yeah. tried to do it online and it just doesn't click with me. And so I just, Honestly, like in my brain just then, I'm like, oh, Olivia, you, you, you're not doing it right. And then I'm like, no, no, no. Remember, you've tried that. That doesn't work for you. You like yeah. your diary, like your paper diary. You're okay. You're okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so interesting. Yeah. Even with everything we know and the fact we coach other people through it all the time, yeah. we still do it. We still all do it all the time. And the only difference is that the awareness lets you like hopefully catch yourself before you spiral too far yeah. <laughs> otherwise you've been have... Olivia two weeks from now going like oh my god no I've color-coded this whole thing and it's designed <laughs> but this is this is also why like we all have or have had coaches in the past is yeah. because we need someone to like hold that mirror up for us and be like hey actually like this thing that you're trying to do because you saw someone on the internet doing it like that doesn't actually work with your brain or your goals yeah I actually had um, just like as a quick side to this um, on Monday, I had something happen that really, really, really triggered me. And one of my, you know, how we all have, um, you know, we all have some kind of like not good enoughness that comes up for us, like whatever that is. And for me, it is like not being smart enough. Like that's something that is a real trigger. And there's a lot of like stuff like childhood and stuff like that. Um, around that but um and that is like also my incessant need to do like courses and learning and stuff like that um but there was something that came up for me on Monday that really triggered that and I kind of I was like seeing myself like spiral and like seeing these thoughts like come in and this like chaos that was you know sort of created in my brain and like a few years ago I would have been very reactive to that and kind of done something that would have made me feel worse maybe or something like that and I was like okay cool like to be able to observe that and see what was happening and then I was like okay this is triggering me but I need to understand what it actually is and I had to go through this process and I was like oh okay cool like the deeper thing here is this is making me feel like I'm not smart and so then I was able to go for a walk figure that out and I really made myself like be in that really uncomfortable place of like looking at it and feeling it and being in it. And then I was able to move out of that. Um, and I think that when we like practice this stuff like over and over and over again, we get used to observing the thoughts rather than being the thoughts and being in them, but being able to t- detach from them and understanding what that deeper trigger is to then do the thing to meet that need that we need to do but um it was just an interesting process and I was telling Ed about it and he's like 
wow, that's, you know, I mean, I think that that's really good that you were able to actually see everything that was happening there. And that is just years of kind of practicing it, but yes, yeah. it's, it's practicing self-awareness, but practicing self-awareness from a place of curiosity rather than from a place of judgment. Right. Yep. It's, 100%. it's amazing. On to Olivia, I'm going to ask you, how have you developed or grown as a person as a result of the achievements with your period and your body and your pregnancy? Oh my God. I think that one of the biggest things is like this just absolute belief in myself and this like trust in myself that I felt like everything was telling me that I couldn't do something. And even that process of getting your period back after um, not having it and having HA um, is like going against the grain of what everybody else is saying to exercise more, to eat less, to have a lean body. And even that process of like doing the exact opposite is hard. Um, but I think that, yeah, I've just developed like this, this very deep trust in myself um, to be able to do quite like hard things, I guess, um, and also my body. Um, and I think that what also feels really good is to really embody what I do. So the things that I teach, um, the, you know, the, the, the women that I work with and the things that they're going through, um, because for a long time I felt, and I've talked about this um, on here before, is I found it quite difficult that a lot of what I was teaching, I was still struggling with myself. And so to, to truly embody this, this whole thing of like health first and results as a byproduct um, is a pretty cool thing. So with that trust in my body um, and those physical things that I've been able to do, that's also been really helpful for um, the way that my business has grown as well and things um, that I kind of want to do with that. Um, and yeah, I think just that, that just self, more self-efficacy really has been the main kind of thing with that. That's awesome. And we just can't wait to meet your little, your little nugget. <laughs> um, it's a mango shape, by the way, if you were wondering. <laughs> Holly. Hello. On to you. Yes. How have I developed and grown as a person as a result of my achievements? So I'll, I think on this one, you know, my initial choice that was going to be my master's and taking up skateboarding, I think the same thing applies when both of them, which is like this idea that it's like not too late to start mm. new things. And I think that sometimes I've been good with that and other times I, I haven't at all. But it's, it's held me back from doing a lot of things. It's like the belief that, oh, it's too late to start now. Like there's, and, and especially looking at other people and being like, oh, there's already too many other people ahead of me doing this thing. So there's no point in me starting doing it. It was like one thing that came up a lot. And then also this, when it comes to the skateboarding thing, this obsession that I usually have with when I take something up trying to work out how to be how to optimize getting good at it and with skateboarding it's like that there's just it's not relevant at all to my life like there's no point in me trying to get really good at it like I, I'm not going to be that I, there's just I'm not going to be that good at it I'm never going to coach it it's not something that like I do with a lot of friends like it's it's literally purely just curiosity and fun and joy and that's like such a different thing for me to do whereas all my old hobbies would either be somewhat related to 
my coaching or I, or I would end up coaching them without intending to, um, you know, and so skateboarding has been great for that. And the masters was, was alongside it in terms of the, is it too late for me to, to try going down a, a potentially slightly different path? Like if I do want to work towards adding potentially like counseling or therapy alongside what I do at the moment, it's, it's long. It's a long path to be able to do that. It's like five to 10 years, you know? And I was like, oh my God, but I'm already like whatever in my thirties. And I was like, okay, cool. But even if it, I was like 45 and started doing it, why would it matter? Because I yeah. love learning so much mm-hmm. that it's like, okay, cool. I, I enjoy the process so hugely that it, it's not even about, although I do want to work towards that end goal, it's not about it. Which links back to the last episode, you know, the episode from last week on motivation yeah. is like, totally. if you were only doing this because you're extrinsically motivated to have extra letters behind your name, that probably wouldn't get you through this incredibly long process. But yeah, because absolutely. you are genuinely enjoying the process of learning, the letters behind your name at the end of it are like, this is really, really cool. And I'm really happy that I did it, but I didn't do it just for that. And, and I think that when we do things like just for the glory or just for the fame of it or whatever it is, and not because of like the love of the game or the love of the process, it's like, yeah, parts of the process are going to suck. Like, I'm sure it's not exciting to like write an essay and then have to revise it. And then, you know, a million times, but you enjoy the, the information that you're writing about. You enjoy the process of understanding the content and you enjoy presenting it. And even if like tiny little parts of it are like frustrating or annoying or whatever, so yeah totally and I mean the the masters is everything I learned on that like I can apply a lot of it into what I'm doing with clients as well it's been it's been great for that and then the the other thing that skateboarding taught me was just like really being a beginner at something and I know that all of us have done some things we've been beginners at but like like wow like that that is like really being like real real beginner you know like like how do I stand on this thing that is moving backwards and forwards, but also side to side, <laughs> you know, like my first lesson was like how to jump onto the skateboard and not be terrified that it's going to fly out from under your feet. That sounds you know, terrifying. Like, it, was, it was like so beginner. And then like how, how to like go down a tiny hill and then like going to a skate park by myself for the first time. I was like, oh, this, this is the feeling people get when they go to the gym for the first time. And they're intimidated to go into the gym. Like this is the feeling because we don't feel that when we go into the gym anymore. Like even mm-hmm. if it's been a while or we're going to a new gym or we don't know anyone there, whatever. We still know what to do when we go into a gym. We've been into like uh, probably for for all of us, like probably close to a hundred different gyms, like in our lifetimes. Like, so yeah, we still get intimidated. We don't know what it feels like to be like beginner, beginner. And when I was in there, I was like, oh, this, this is the feeling that Mm -hmm. my beginner clients feel if they're trying to go to a gym for the first time. I was like, oh, oh, I knew (laughs) but I hadn't felt that for a long time. And I was like, this is, the, this is the feel like I need to remember yeah. that. There is a, your face is a face that I don't think that I have seen on a Holly before. It's just like <laughs> this like pained, like face and agony. And so you can, if, if you could see this, you guys who are listening, like Holly's face is just like, it is so hard, like doing that beginner thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I went, and I went through all the stages people go through, right. When they, when they yeah. don't go to the gym, I was like, oh, like I probably like, no one will know if I don't go. I was like, I'm going by myself. No one will know if I don't go. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, well, okay. I'll book it so that I have to go. And then I booked it and I was like, well, 
it wouldn't be that bad if I just wasted that money and didn't go like whatever. And then even when my dad, like when my dad like dropped me off there and I was like, even, even if I just left now, I could just say I went to the skate, like, it'd be fine. you know, I went through all of it. I was like, okay, I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah. And, and this is where I think that it's like doing the, the little steps of like, Hey, well, I'm just going to book it. Okay. Well, I'm just going to show up. And then it's like, each- right step you're probably like, like all you okay well okay, I made it leave. this far yeah all mm-hmm. you have to do is stand at the door and then you could leave okay all you gotta do is go in and like talk to yeah. the guy and then you could leave yeah and I was like okay all I'm gonna do is go stand in that corner and then I could leave and I was like okay I'm just gonna stay, go on this one little ramp and then I can leave and then the guy like came over and like helped me with stuff and I was like well now I'm here and then it was great um, you know what, what I love the most about that though that story is just at the end you're like yeah then my dad dropped me off at the skate park <laughs> yeah my dad I, I felt I felt like I'd gone back in time about 20 years yeah. <laughs> like you don't have your driver's license yet so Dan has to yeah. all right friends we've made it to the last question and I'm not going to ask this question I don't want to be the first one to ask this who wants to ask it I will I haven't asked a question all right yet. okay go um, for it so Jillian, I'll shoot this to you okay. so what opportunities do you see for growth next year what opportunities do I see for growth next year? Okay, I'm gonna stall here for a second because there's a lot. Um, there's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I think as far as opportunities for growth for next year, for me, I'm definitely a bit of a control freak in the sense that like I kind of need to know what's going on at all times. And there are some things that are coming up next year that I won't be fully in control of. And I'm going to have to kind of like relinquish control a little bit um, and start to trust a little more. Um, and, and actually, so that's on one side. And then another, another opportunity is um, similarly to what Holly did with skateboarding is I have been wanting to learn how to shuffle dance for, for forever. And for some reason, there's only one class that I can find in Barcelona and it's Friday evenings, which is annoying because on Friday evenings, all I want to do is like go for a long walk with my dog. But I want to go to a dance class, whether it's shuffle or not, or some kind of twerking or whatever weird shit that I can find. Um, And that is an opportunity for growth for next year because I feel like an absolute like ding dong dancing in front of other people because my coordination like when someone does the like one two three four one like I don't get that like my body doesn't understand how that works and so like if you just put music on and I dance like I, I can dance okay but if you tell me to like dance on like a timer or like do something in sync with other with another person it is a disaster so that is an opportunity for me to be really shitty at something and get better at it and it's going to be really, really scary the first time I do it. And it'll probably be scary for a couple of times, but um, you've heard it here on the podcast, guys. I'm going to learn how to be a slightly less bad dancer. That is so good. That is good accountability as well. So <laughs> that everyone can be like- A little, hey, little, you, bit, little bit extrinsic the in there to go along with the intrinsic. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, I daydream about shuffle dancing. That's all I watch yeah. on TikTok, guys. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is very cool. So Holly, what opportunities do you see for growth next year? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think like one thing for me is to keep trying to like stream, I need to like keep trying to streamline my business a little bit. And it was, it was a big step for me to try and scale it back a little bit um, this year. And it was scary on a lot of fronts, like uh, financially, and also just like the not enoughness thing, right? Being like, no, but like, 
doing more makes me feel like more enough. And so I would like to keep making, I want to keep making room for me to keep doing more learning. And so I obviously have to, I'm doing the master's, which takes up a lot of time, but I would like to be able to keep leaving that space and ideally be able to have space for that, my business, and then like be able to take a day off in the week. Because right now it's like my, my day off is the day where I just read papers all day. So it's like, my brain doesn't really take a day off, but like body wise, I'm just like horizontal the majority of the day, like highlighting, <laughs> highlighting things. It'd be awesome if I could like keep streamlining stuff and outsourcing stuff so that I can also like have one full day each week where I can actually chill. Because if I want to do a master's for the next two years or three years, like that is necessary. Yeah. Um, okay, wait, now it's... Olivia, I need to ask Olivia. Um, so Olivia, what opportunities do you see for growth in the next year? I have um, a lot of big things happening next year. Um, a baby so, perhaps being born? Yeah, first of all, a human that is somehow going to come out of me that I have to manage. I'm also <laughs> <manage>. starting yeah, <laughs> um, I'm also starting my master's next year, which I was supposed to start this year, but deferred to next year. So baby comes along and then um a couple of months after that I start my master's so there's going to be a lot for me to kind of manage with both of those and also running my business um but in terms of like growth I mean obviously raising a human is going to be a big thing um but I am really excited to go back you know, to go down this kind of like academic route and what that can possibly bring up for me with the kind of work that I do. Um, so that is a really exciting path to kind of be going down. And also within my business, I've been thinking about a couple of things I really want to do as well. Um, and that is thinking more about um, like supporting women who are, you know, kind of like performance-based with their training and who are maybe, you know, going through pregnancy and offering something different than is what is mainly out there for women who are going through pregnancy. Um, and also looking at helping women who have recovered from HA um, to come back to the gym in a really beautiful way. So maybe thinking about uh, creating a program for that um, as well, because I don't think that there is really anything out there um, for that too. So I've got lots of ideas, but um, how that is going to play out with these other two big things that are happening, I'm not sure, but I'm excited for it anyway. That's... You're excited too. Yeah. <laughs> And, and hopefully um, seeing you guys. And oh my gosh, I want that. I'm like too life. excited. I was really, I, I typed a message in our like Zoom chat and I was like, I don't want to distract everyone. But when Olivia was like, and I'm starting my master's, I was like, maybe we should go back again and babysit for Mango when you're starting your master's so you can like do some studying and then Julian and I will play with Mango. It'll be great. Yeah, but then it'll be really fun if we could all just like, just study together and be study buddies and then just like, come up with ideas and do cool things and do yeah. podcasts. And it's, we still have a couple weeks left in the year. I don't think this is the last episode that will be coming out this year. I think you might have like one more potentially. Yeah, I think one more. Yeah, but I hope that you take these questions. So the three questions that we, that we answered are, what were my best achievements this year? How have I developed or grown as a person as a result of those achievements? And what opportunities do I see for growth for next year? And 
take some time and write that out. Think about it. Think about how you've grown. Think about what you've achieved. It may be more than you actually feel. Like a lot of the time, especially if we're someone that that sets new year's resolutions, you might have get to the end of the year and be like, well, shit, I didn't get follow through with any of my new year's resolutions, but maybe you achieved and grew and learned so many other things that can then take you into the next year, feeling like you want to build on that and you want to continue. And it can be a really beautiful thing instead of a shitty thing. You know what I mean? And reflection is so important, you know, like even to take you know, sit down with a nice cup of tea, cup of coffee, like glass of wine, whatever your beverage of choice is, and spend a bit of like gift yourself the time to reflect on the year, because there's a lot of things that can come up that may not, if you're not actually um, creating that space to do that. And I think it's such a helpful process to actually go through that can set you up for the year ahead. 100%. Thank you for being here, for listening. This was a fun episode, guys. I really liked this. It was great. I like doing this where we just talk to each other. Yeah. Let us know if, if you, you want guys, more just chats. If you want more yeah. BWC chats, let us know. If you just want be, the Be Well Cartel to just chat with each other and shoot the shit, answer random questions about each other or about ourselves, let us know. We're happy to do that. With that, the my friends, like- if you enjoyed this episode or any of our other episodes, please share them with anyone you think might like to listen and send us your feedback, share us on your social media, leave us a rating and review on Apple. Um, There's a million different things that you can do that are just ways to support us and let us know that you love us and we appreciate it. With that, my friends, I'm going to go make some dinner because I'm hungry. Same, same. All right, friends.